Well, good morning. I am glad to be back with you today. And uh, thank you so much. And uh, today I want to thank you for whether you're in the room or whether you're online or it's the last day of rifle season. So maybe you're in your deer stand watching. We're glad you're here. Uh, either way. So we're just thankful that you're here. Charlie, thanks for leaving your deer stand today to come and join us. Uh, but, but, you know, I think we're close to ending the longest year in the history of the world, right? Or, or, uh, or at least maybe our history, <laughs> maybe. Um, but for us, I think this has been a long year. But, um, uh, but I'm thankful because everywhere I look, it's starting to look a lot like Christmas. And I love Christmas time. I love my house is looking like Christmas, and, you know, uh, Tulsa and Owasso are looking like Christmas, our churches, and, and um, you know, uh, is it Andy Williams that, that wrote that famous song? It's the most, I don't know if he wrote it, but he sang it. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I'm more of a rapper. I'm not going to sing it to you. So, uh, uh, but, uh, but, you know, Andy Williams, he, what does he say? He says there'll be... Uh, Parties for hosting. I don't know if we'll have a lot of parties this Christmas. I don't know. At least seems like parties are are kind of uh, tanking out here. But he says there'll be marshmallows for toasting. Probably that'll work. Uh, caroling out in the snow. It's probably not going to snow in Oklahoma, right? Uh, then he says in that line there'll be uh, scary ghost stories at Christmas time. That was never a part of our Christmas. I never got that part. Um, but uh, he sang it and has made it famous. Uh, uh, there'll be tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. I, I get that. Okay, that's enough of that song. Okay, but um, you know that song though is it reveals something that is troubling because that's a Christmas classic. That's a classic song at Christmas time. Now, what's, what's interesting is that um, it reveals the reality of a secularized Christmas. And this is something that's, going, that's growing right in front of our eyes. It's this, this push to secularization. There's a, there's a sociologist named Christian Smith, and he defines secularization like this. He says, secularization is the process that progressively removes religion from the public arena and reduces it to the private realm. So really, we, we need to reclaim something. And this is what I'm praying we do this Christmas season, is that we really reclaim the heart of Christmas, the message of Christmas. Because, you know, we have experienced this, this secularization of Christmas that's taken place right in front of our eyes, where it's almost become um, normal to privatize Christmas. And I believe our call as a church, as believers, is to bring that message back into the public discourse, back into the forefront of our culture. And because uh, what makes Christmas the most wonderful time of the year is not the parties, it's, it's not the lights or the stories or the activity. The, the, the thing that makes Christmas the most wonderful time of the year, it's the moment that Christ entered the world. That, that Christ came and, and entered human history. And, and, and that's... That's what marks the most wonderful time of the year. It marks this moment in, in history when light came into the dark world. Now, if you have your Bibles, we're in Isaiah chapter 8 and 9 today. So open there, if you will. And if you're online and you're at a house, open your Bibles. And let's, let's dig into Isaiah 8 and 9 a little bit today. But, but let's, let's recognize this about Christmas, the Christmas message. To, to understand Christmas is to come to terms with the message of God to humanity. 
That, that, that's how you understand Christmas. To understand Christmas is to come face to face with the salvation message that Christ came to proclaim. That, that's how you understand Christmas. To understand Christmas is to recognize the reality of Jesus while confronting the lostness of humanity. That's when you understand Christmas. Now, there were these people in the scriptures that, in history, that God gave us, and it's these prophets. And they were some interesting cats, okay? These guys were, were interesting because these prophets would get these messages from God. Isaiah is where we are today. He was a prophet. Now, these prophets had this interesting responsibility to hear this message from God and then write it down for humanity. And, and it was interesting, as they got these messages, they realized, wait, this is not for my time. This is for a future time. Now, one of my favorite verses of Scripture is in, in, the, in, the, in the New Testament is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. It's a really complex passage. Keep your finger in Isaiah, but turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1, because Peter gives us some insight into what's going on when the prophets are speaking. And um, he says in chapter, in verse 10 of chapter 1, concerning this salvation, Peter writes, concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke, this chapter 10, verse 10 of chapter 1, the prophets who spoke of the things that were to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care trying to find the times and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when they predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. Now, this is what Isaiah is doing. Isaiah is getting this message from God, and he's like, he's wrestling with it. He's like, okay, this is this message of salvation. It's coming to me, but I'm trying to discern it, trying to understand it. And, and Peter goes on in verse 12. He says, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. When they spoke of the things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. And so Isaiah's writing this text and he's like, oh my goodness, this is not for my time. This is not for my people. This is for a future people. This is for us. And then Peter writes something really interesting. Even angels long to look into these things. Now, it's a rare moment in my life that I've sat down and thought, wow, the angels envy me right now. But you know what? That's, that's what's happening today. The angels in heaven are envying us because we get to look into these prophecies. And that's just a cool part of Scripture. Now, this morning in Isaiah 8 and 9, flip back over to Isaiah, Isaiah because um, this is a really important prophecy that we're going to look at today. Now, uh, you don't have to admit this. You may not want to admit this, but how many of you are into the Hallmark Channel right now? Okay, wow, some of you are bold to admit that. Um, uh, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. Um, but, but when it comes to the secularization of Christmas, now I'm not slamming, don't get mad at me, okay? I'm not slamming the Hallmark Channel. I'm not anti-Hallmark Channel, okay? Um, but, but you know what? When you think about the messages of the Hallmark Channel, it's, isn't it the same story every time? It kind of is. It's the same story. We're like, I've heard this before. But, but here's the danger, can I just point out a danger of the Hallmark message? 
the, the messages of these Hallmark movies essentially comes down to the resources and generosity of humanity can bring about hope, right? And, and here's, the, here's, the, here's the danger with this secularization of Christmas is, is the message of Christmas is actually way different than that. The message of Christmas is that humanity can't save itself. That, that we're in trouble. We, and, and here's the truth. We can't save ourselves with a vaccine. We can't save ourselves with generosity. We can't save ourselves with our own resources or our own power. We needed a savior who entered the world. And that's the message of Christmas. Now, the prophet Isaiah in chapter 8, look at this. Look at chapter 8. We're going to look at verse 19. And, um, and, and it's interesting because it reveals the reality of the human condition. Verse 19 says this in chapter 8. When someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Consult God's instruction and testimony of warning. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. Now, Isaiah is writing to people who are looking to their own human resources. They're looking to their spiritists and their, their, the, the best that the world had to offer. That's what the people of God are doing in Isaiah 8. They're looking to their experts, and they're not looking to God. And this is the warning that we see in, in Isaiah's time. And, 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 and here's the truth. People are desperately looking for direction right now, especially. And, and the human race, here's the reality for all of us. The human race has a hard time admitting that we're not God, don't we? Because what do we hear all the time? Oh, well, science is going to solve our problems. Let's look at science. Let's look at, uh, we like to think that we're God. But the Christmas message is the fact that we need a Savior. Now, uh, as you look at Isaiah 8, point number one, if you're taking notes, it's, it's really this. The, the real world really is as dark as it appears. And know that about the Christmas message. It's a critical truth to embrace. Because we're programmed, aren't we, to think that we're okay. We're programmed to think that way. We're, we're programmed to think that, hey, I'm good, okay, I'm okay by myself. You know, two weeks ago, I, I'm programmed to think this way. Two weeks ago, I, was, um, I left church on, a Sunday mo- on Sunday morning. And I said to Brad as I was leaving, I, I kind of feel weird today. I kind of don't feel that great and uh, so I go home, and, and uh, we have family dedication two weeks ago at 4 o'clock. And I, had, I was planning on being there. I wanted to be there. And so we had a phone conference with Chad and Brad and I. We're on the phone uh, Sunday afternoon, and they were like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm all right. I'm, I'm fine. I'm going to come at 4. It's no problem. I'm coming. I'm coming. And they were like, are you sure? And I, I, I go, I'm just going to lay down for like 20 minutes. I laid down at my house, and I get up, and I get dressed to come to church at 4 o'clock. And Robin looks at me and says, you don't look real good. And I took my temperature, and I had like 101.8. 
I was like, okay. And Robin's like, you ain't going. And I was like, I can be, I'll just stay away from everybody. You are not going. She doesn't say ain't, because I say ain't. She's grammatically correct. She goes, you're not going. And I had to call and say, okay, okay, I can't come. I can't come. And the next day, I got to join the COVID club of 2020, which, again, the longest year in human history for all of us. But, but you know what? Isn't it hard to admit that we have a problem? Isn't that, isn't that true for all of us? We don't like to admit that. And whether this is true whether you're sick with a COVID or a cough or whatever. It's, it's also equally true about our sin. We don't like to admit that we have a problem, but here's the reality. Here's the message of Christmas. Every human attempt to fix this world will not work. And that's an important Christmas message. And, and don't look at me as like, oh, Chris, you know, like the Hallmark Channel, you're like a pessimist. No, I'm kind of a positive guy. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. If you're around me, that's how I am. Um, but here's what we need to understand. The state will not fix our problems. Our government will, government will not fix our problems. Our, uh, our retirement won't fix our problems. Our resources won't fix our problems. Science won't fix our problems. And this is the Christmas message that we need to embrace and understand. Um, you know what's interesting? Is at the time of Isaiah 8 and 9, God's people overlooked the fact that their darkness was not going to be fixed from humanity. Their sin was too devastating. It's too crushing. And, and this is the Christmas message. And what happened is God entered the world. Look at verse 21 in chapter 8. It says, this is the situation of Isaiah 8. And God's people, distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged. And looking upward, will curse their king and their God. They will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom. And they will be thrust into utter darkness. We see here that the dependence on our own resources, what does it lead to? It leads to more darkness. And this is why we need to understand the Christmas message because in the midst of that darkness, look what happened. In the midst of that darkness, light came from outside the world. And this is why we've got to point out the hallmark trap that light does not come from within us. Light does not come from this world. Light came from outside the world. Look at verse one of chapter nine. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Look at verse two. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Now here's the Christmas message that, I, that we've got to understand is that, is that light has come to us. The Christmas message is that this world really is bad and hopeless. But the amazing truth is that light has shone on us. And that's why I think I want to challenge you. Write down this verse, John 8, 12. 
John 8, 12, this is a verse that we need to memorize over this month. I wanna challenge you, memorize John 8, 12 over the next month. It says this, John 8, 12, and again, again Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And what the Christmas message is, is light came to us, and who is the light? It's Jesus, light has shone on the world. And you know what light does? Light reveals the truth, right? It reveals the way, right? Just Friday night, um, my son and I went hunting. And we, uh, Friday morning, early, it was dark. And it was like 5, in the 4, 4.50 in the morning. And we're walking in the woods trying to find in the place where we were gonna hunt in Tallaheen, Oklahoma, and we're not incredibly familiar with this area, and it was dark. And we're like trying to find our way in the woods, but thankfully, I went to Ace Hardware and bought me some like rock star oh, light that I used, and I turned that bad boy on, and you know what? It was easy to find my spot with that light because what did the light do? It revealed the path. It showed me where to go. It helped me recognize what to, oh, there's that deep part of the creek right there. Glad I saw that. See, light has come into the world, revealing to us how to live, where to go. And, and you know what? Matthew 4, Jesus quotes this part of the verse, the people dwelling in darkness, Matthew 4, 16, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. For those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death, on them light has dawned. And from that time on, Jesus, he proclaimed the message of salvation. And folks, this is why I pray we can reclaim the message of Christmas, because light has come. That's the message of Christmas. And look at the impact. Look at Isaiah, back at Isaiah 9.3. He says, um, this is the insight that Isaiah gets. And I can just imagine this prophet as he looks at the, at the people. He's frustrated with God's people that are, that are consulting mediums and spiritists. And he's like, come on. And then God gives him this message. Light is going to come. Light is going to shine on you. And here's what this light's going to do. Verse 3, you have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. Haven't you experienced the joy that Jesus brings to you? Haven't you known the joy of the Lord? Isn't that incredible how the message of Christmas is a message of joy coming to the earth? And, and I think about this this morning, even as I was praying over, over this, uh, just people in our church that are sick, and I was like, Lord, thank you that you bring joy even in the midst of pain and difficulty and suffering because God strengthens, God provides, God responds, God answers us. And that is why verse four continues, or three continues. They rejoice before you as with the joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke, look at this, verse four, for the yoke of his burden and for the staff and the staff for his shoulder. Now we've learned that truth of Matthew 11, 28 through 30. You remember that verse, right? Matthew 11, 28 through 30, when Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And this is what the world needs to see is that God entered human history to take the yoke from us, to, to take our burden from us. And this is what Isaiah hears and he sees. And, and then look at, look at as verse four continues, 
the rod of his oppressor you have broken as on the day of Midian. The, the, the weapon against us that you've broken, Lord. Verse five, for every boot of the trampling, tramping warrior in battle, tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Now look at this imagery. Isaiah's getting this message going, look, the armor that we have, the weapons we have, we can burn them. Why? Because there is, a, there is a savior coming into the world and no longer do you have to fight the battle. That's what Jesus did for us. That someone else will fight for us and that's Jesus. And, and, and Isaiah's writing this and he doesn't get it yet. He, he's, he's not written chapters 40 through 55 yet which reveals the suffering servant. The, uh, but, but at this point, this strange deliverer is going to come and light is gonna shine in the world. And what we see, point two, is this, that Jesus entered this world as a missionary. And this is what Isaiah reveals, that, that there is a missionary coming. God himself is going to be seeking us. He's going to be coming for us. And that is the Christmas message. It's not within us. It's not in our own power. It's not in our own strength. God came from outside the world for us, seeking you as a missionary. Verse six, look at this. Isaiah 9, six, for unto us, a child is born to us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Unto us a child is born, he says. And look at what his name is. He says right there, he is a, a wonderful counselor. Now think about this, why, why would Jesus be called a wonderful counselor? Well, think about it. He really understands us. He understands what we've gone through. He, he was born in poverty, right? He was born in this impoverished situation. He, he struggled with family. His brothers rejected him and his mom and dad didn't understand him. Uh, Jesus struggled with family. He, he grew up, like Luke 2.52 says, he, he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. You think about Jesus as he entered human history, God in the flesh. Uh, he had to learn things. He had to learn how to, how to work with his hands from his father. He had to learn how to interact with people. He grew in stature and wisdom in favor with God and man. He, he, Jesus faced injustice, didn't he? He faced suffering and loss and pain. He dealt with success. He dealt with pressure. See, Jesus is a wonderful counselor. He can counsel you in your life. He, he, he's given us guidance and wisdom. His spirit is at work even today. But notice what Isaiah says about him. He says he's not only a wonderful counselor, he's a, a mighty God. That Jesus is, when he entered human history, it was God in the flesh. And it took God himself to come to rescue us from the state that we were in. Because the world really is as dark as it seems. And Jesus came as a missionary entering into this dark world. And who is he? He is the mighty God. You know, this morning I was burdened for people in our church because we have quite a few that are really, really not feeling well right now. 
We have several in the hospital. And, and as I was praying for people, I was, I'd open my Bible and I'm in, I'm in Romans 8 right now in my quiet time. I've been there for a little while and just kind of reflecting. And, and, I, and I read today in Romans 8, if God is for us, who can be against us? And as I was praying for people today, I was like, oh yeah, Lord, if you're for us, who's against us? Because who are you? You are mighty God. Don't you know how mighty God is? How big he is, how powerful he is. And Isaiah gets this message that this savior is gonna come and his name is wonderful counselor, mighty God. And then he goes on, the everlasting father. That means he will never see decay. Death no longer has a sting for us. You know that, right? Now, death is law. It's difficult for us on this side of eternity. But can I tell you, I want you to remember that there is no fear in death ever because we serve the everlasting Father. And then he says he's the Prince of Peace. Oh, don't you know the peace of God, the peace that Christ brings? Aren't you grateful for that? And, and I look at the world that we're in, and the world throws these messages at us in this secularized Christmas that, that what you need to fulfill your life is that car or that gadget or that thing. And we've already learned those things don't last. That Christ came as the only offerer of genuine peace. Oh, he's the prince of peace. And I, I hope you see him. And look at verse six. Let's read this again. For unto us a child is born. Notice this. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse seven of the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. The th on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Can you imagine Isaiah getting this message as he's like, okay, Lord, what are you saying to me that, the, that this Savior has come, this light is gonna shine from the outside of the world into this world, and it's the zeal of the Lord, the passion of the Lord, the heart of the Lord will do this. And this is why when we look at the secularization of Christmas, we have to say, no, no way can we let this happen. Because the Savior has come. The passion of the Lord has, has, has accomplished this incredible feat. And, and, and the light has come. And unto us a child is born. Notice this. Unto us a son is given. Notice it doesn't say earned or deserved. It's given you know what is amazing about the Christmas message is that anyone willing to receive this gift could receive it. Isn't that amazing? That if you would just come to Jesus, you could receive this message, this gift. 
You know, it's interesting as you think about our lostness, our darkness. It took God himself to solve it. That's how deep it is. That's how dark it is. That's how dire it is. And the Christmas message is that the world is dark. And that doesn't seem to gel with the jolliness until you know that the light has come. And then the joy is seen. Do you see the joy? And here's point three that I I pray you hear and you receive. And it's this reality that you can claim the gift that has been given to you. Do you know this gift? Have you received this gift? Oh, don't you know that Isaiah gets this message later in chapter 53. He says, oh, it's dark. Light has come. And and you know what he did? He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that, that has brought me peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. See, that's what came into the world on that first Christmas. Light came into the world. And and, and I want you to know that the Bible was written so that you can know that you have eternal life. The Christmas message is the reality that you can know that you have eternal life. You might say to me, Chris, how, how how do you know that? Well, I'm gonna ask Joe to come on up. Joe, come on up right now. The Bible was written so that we can know that we have eternal life. Romans 3.23 says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That you have sinned, I have sinned, we are stuck perpetually in darkness and it's, and it's, it's actually darker than it appears. And we were, we're in trouble. The world is in trouble. But you know what's amazing? But God, Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. That even though we are sinners, Christ died for us. And that blows my mind because God knew me. God knew Chris Wall. He knew that I would be ungrateful. He knew that I would know what was right and I would choose not to do it. He knew that I would just be ignorant about what was wrong and I would just stumble into disobedience to him. He knew I would be disrespectful to him. But yet God still knew all of that about me. Yet he still died for me. And he knew all that about you too. And he still died for you. Light came into the world and he, and he showed us the path. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. There's a gift. 
Unto you a child is born. Unto you a son is given. There's a gift. And, and you know the Bible's clear. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I just want to say to you, that's the Christmas message. It's, the secular message is not one we should embrace. It's not to pro, that's not the message to proclaim. Light has shone. And when this light came, it showed us the way. Do you know Jesus today? And, and, and I'll tell you, in our families, that's what our kids need to see at Christmas time. Our neighbors need to understand this at Christmas time. This is the message that changed the world. It changed my world. And I'm grateful. So today, here's how we're going to end today. Whether you're at home, watching online, we're going to respond to the Lord. We need to respond in prayer. Those that know Jesus, uh, we're grateful. So let's go to the Lord and thank him, but let's also go to the Lord and intercede for people. We have some friends that are battling COVID right now. I'll be honest with you, I've never seen a spike like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm shocked that we are in a spike like we are in, even in our church. And we need to be praying for some people today, like now, in this moment. Whether you come to the altar or whether you lean at your seat, you, let's, let's go to the Lord. Let's take some people that are ill to the Lord right now. There's some concerns and some sickness, some friends of ours that we love. Let's pray for them. Let's do this kind of battle today. Maybe you're here today and you're like maybe for the first time. Man, you're watching online and you're like, I, I need Jesus in my life. I got some questions. That's why we're here. That's why God put us here in your life. To, to know we're, we're not going to keep this on the private zone. No, we're bringing it to the public. We're bringing it out front. We can help you. So there's someone online, you, that'll type, hey, I'm here for you. And that's a real person that's waiting for you. We're here to help you. Let's go to battle for some people today. Let's start praying for some people today. But if you have questions about your walk with the Lord, oh, we want you to know the real Christmas message. Would you stand where you are? Lord Jesus, I thank you for this song that you put on Joe's heart to write. Because we are changed forever because light has come. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, in this moment, we need to call on you. And we are not going to look to the world for help, for hope. We're looking to you, Lord Jesus. 
And so, Father, right now, we're going to bring people to your feet to pray for them because there's so many that are not feeling well. They're home and are fearful. So, Father, today, we are going to, whether we're at home or in this room, we, we are going to come to you. So would you hear our prayer? Would you lead us as we pray? Father, thank you that light has come. Move us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our altars are open. We invite you to come.